It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. Another good episode for you today as the dubs get blown out by the Mavs. Not going to spend a lot of time on that, don't worry. But they bounce back well against the Pistons. Renew an old rivalry, so to speak. Or maybe it's dead. We'll have to hear what Draymond Green had to say about that. All that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. What's going on? The dubs had an interesting weekend, uh, you could say. They started out getting just blown out, destroyed by the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday, I think it was. And it was pathetic. It was pathetic uh, that they lost by 35 to the Mavs, who are actually kind of trying to lose uh, at this point. They've traded away some of their best players. They traded for a player who will not be playing for them. Uh, this year, and the Warriors lost by 35. It, I'm I'm glad I didn't have to do a podcast after that that game because I was hot. I was like hot, and I still kind of am. And one person I didn't want to hear a word from after that game was Steve Kerr, because he allowed Dirk Nowitzki. That's cool. We respect him and farewell tour and one of the greats and all that bullshit. But he allowed Dirk Nowitzki, Nowitzki, whatever, to play 26 minutes, score 21 points, and did not go at him once defensively. Literally the worst defensive player in the NBA right now is Dirk Nowitzki. The reason he only plays about five, six minutes a game is because teams will go at him. He's unplayable. Get him out of there. The Kings destroyed him two nights before. And... Steve Kerr just let him hide him on on Damian Lee or whatever shooter was sitting in the corner and would never run a pick and roll to go at him. Didn't run anything to go at Dirk, the worst defender in the league. So I didn't want to hear a single thing Steve Kerr had to say after the game unless it was, hey, sorry, I just wanted to give Dirk a nice game uh, as a farewell because it was bullshit, dude. It was terrible. Now, does that change the game completely? Who knows? Maybe you you do that early and he doesn't go off for, you know, 11 early points in the first quarter. Uh, But, you know, they lost for a number of different reasons. But the fact that he just refused to go at Dirk and was damn near enjoying the performance Dirk had, I was so hot, man. I I still am. Uh, So, yeah, I I did not want to hear a thing Steve Crad to say after that game. Or anyone, really, because the whole team played pathetic. It was embarrassing. It's something we've seen happen at Oracle a number of times this year. And it's just part of why... You know, 
Clay's little outburst against the fans was so weird because you've given us six different performances like this at home where you've lost by 20 plus. So it, it was terrible. Uh, KD was bad that game. He went nine to 25, zero of eight from three. Clay was not good. Four of 13, zero of four from three, eight points, big eight points from Clay. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the fan. Our bad Clay. Our bad as fans that we weren't hyped up enough for this one. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins did have a damn good game, though. And he's been a bright spot, so to speak. Uh, I mean, just in a bad game, he's a bright spot. But the fact that he's been integrated into this team and they've figured out how to use him best, and he's figured out how to play best with this team, is incredibly encouraging, uh, especially moving forward. He was 8 of 11, 1 of 1 from 3, at 19 points. He was minus 27, but don't worry, Clay was minus 39 for the worst plus minus in the game. So that one was absolutely terrible. I mean, they went four of 30 from three. And the Mavs went 21 of 49 from three. It was terrible. It was terrible. The effort was terrible. Defensive effort was terrible. Uh, I've already spent more time on this game than I really wanted to. So let's flush it, move on. We'll move on to... The next game that they played was against the Detroit Pistons uh, yesterday at home. Home back-to-back, kind of weird. I'll also mention, forgot to mention, but uh, the Warriors, Steph Curry was sitting out against the Mavs. So he was back last night against the Pistons. Very welcome face to to, uh, have back, no question. And uh, to start the game... It was a little more of what we have been seeing lately. It's kind of driving me a little crazy, but they they fixed it quick. Um, Also, to mention, Cousins was out. So was uh, Andre Guadalla and Looney was questionable, but he ended up playing. He ended up having a damn good game, too. Okay, anyways, back to the start of the game. They were fortunate to Clay immediately, and they've been doing that recently uh, more than I remember them doing before. And... It, I don't know. It Well, it just didn't work, first off. He went 0 for 2, and they just kept forcing it. But once that happened, once he went 0 for 2, they started just trying to get into their normal offense. Steph hit a couple shots, uh, which was nice, and then that got Clay going instead of just trying to force it to Clay. Because we saw a couple games ago where they forced it to Clay, and he goes, you know, starts 0 of 8 or something like that. So it was good to see them try and get back into their normal offense and not force it so much, but I also understand why they try and do it because if Clay gets going, the other team's screwed. I mean, it's just that simple because even if KD and Steph don't come out, you know, looking for their shot, they're going to get theirs regardless. But if Clay comes out and drops 30, I mean, what's their record when he drops 30? It's something crazy, something unstoppable. So I understand why they try and do it, but sometimes it's just too much and, you know, let's just move on, you know, let's just get into our regular offense. But anyways, to start the first quarter last night, kind of forced it to clay, didn't work initially, and I'm glad they kind of backed off it. Steph actually ended the first uh, with 11 points. He was four of seven from the field, three of five from three. He had a great game as far as just looking for his shot. And also it was falling, which is nice. And the fact that they kind of stopped forcing it to clay got him going. He was two of four. In the first, uh, one of one from three. He had five points. 
KD was really passive, which we're going to talk about a little later. Uh, but he was two of two uh, in the first, and he actually ended the game uh, five of six. So he didn't take many shots tonight. And I was watching that. I rewatched the game and saw him take two in the first. I'm like, wow, so he only takes four more shots the rest of the game. He did contribute in a number of other ways, though. But just the fact that he really wasn't uh, really wasn't shooting much and hasn't been. But he's been enjoying playing kind of point forward, point Durant, uh, so to speak. He had another 11 assists last night. So he's definitely been contributing, finding ways to contribute other than scoring. But it's just interesting to see how he's kind of picking his spots now. And uh, it's working out, but it also, I don't know. We'll see how it goes in the playoffs if he continues to do that. Uh, in the second quarter, Clay really got it going. It was perfect from the field, 4-4, four, 2-2 four, two, two from 3, 10 points. Uh, continuing to help carry the team, so to speak. Uh, at the end of the first half, Dubs were up 14 on their way to a pretty... I don't know if easy is the right term. It's not the right term. A solid win. Uh, in the first half, it was a renewed Blake Griffin, Draymond Green rivalry, so to speak, where Draymond, he just, he owns Blake. And you just kind of forgot about it because it's been an entire year, I think, since they've played each other. Because they played Detroit twice before the trade happened last year. The Warriors played Detroit t- twice before the trade happened. And so they didn't play him again until now. And so this is the first game against Blake and Draymond just owns Blake and he stuffed, stuffed his post-ups about three or four times in a row. And finally Dwayne Casey, you know, started running some pick and roll, some, some switching, uh, some back screens and stuff to try and get uh, different matchups on Blake. And that worked. I mean, he got Alfonso McKinney on him, uh, who he victimized Jarebko. All those other people, but Draymond is still just unstoppable when it comes to Blake Griffin. Uh, One good thing about Alfonso played solid. He did knock down a three also, which is a good thing to see for him moving forward. Uh, I talked about garbage time a couple games ago where he went two for two from three, hoping that it kind of would get him back going, and it it looks like it has. So that's a good thing for Alfonso McKinney and the Warriors uh, moving forward. As far as the first half goes, Warriors up 14. Kind of, eh, I mean, it was fun. Sean Livingston had himself a nice game. It was just a solid game from the Warriors and a solid bounce back from that terrible Mavs game. It's almost unexplainable. Like, I, I don't know. Why can you show up against the Pistons and not against the Mavs? And, you know, I, I just think fans deserve better than some of the half-assed effort they give sometimes. But anyways... Moving forward, third quarter again, Warriors win it by six. So they go into the fourth up 97-77. Nice 20-point lead. But in the fourth, it wasn't uh, that they just stopped playing or anything, but Luke Kennard went off in the fourth. He had 10 points. So did Thon Maker. They were both knocking down threes. They went uh, four or five from three. And it wasn't because the Warriors stopped trying or anything, um, but the excuse me, the uh, Pistons outscored the Warriors by 13 that quarter, the fourth. And so they actually cut it to eight for the final. Warriors win 121 to 114. So, I mean, good for the Pistons, Kennard and Thonmaker. Some of their young guys made, it, made a real effort, gave it a real shot to uh, 
get back in this game, but it did not work. Warriors get the win. Solid game all around for the Dubs, especially without DeMarcus, who's been a big part of of uh, this team over the last couple of weeks. So to to play well without him is solid, and to get Steph back and have him playing well. And uh, the, again, the Kevin Durant line is weird. Five of six from the field, one of two from three. He had five rebounds, 11 assists, 14 points. It's just weird. It's not a bad thing. It's just different. Again, the bench played well. Also, Kavon Looney had himself another double-digit game, 11 points. Sean had eight off the bench. He was, Sean was really good. Might have been one of his best games in a while. He uh, had the game off against Dallas, too, so maybe that, that helped refresh him a little bit. Uh, the Warriors do have a couple days off before their next game. They play Wednesday against the Grizzlies. And I'll tell you what, the Warriors have a, you know, favorable schedule moving forward. This is a good time for them to put together a run and start playing better. I mean, obviously it's a good time because the playoffs are coming up. But look, they're playing Memphis, Minnesota, Charlotte, Denver, Lakers, Cavs, Clippers, Pelicans, Memphis. So besides the Clippers and Denver, that's those are what eight non-playoff teams. So it's a good time to to lock in, start playing, you know, playoff level basketball, playoff level discipline, and get ready for the playoffs. Because one thing that makes me nervous is that they're not really going to lock in until the playoffs. That they see the first round is the time to lock in. That's not. That's too dangerous. You know, the stakes are too high to just expect to flip the switch when the playoffs start. You got to do it a little bit before, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to do so. So Memphis on Wednesday, going to take a quick break, come back, listen to some post-game sound. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash work. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton, what's good? Dubs beat the Detroit Pistons yesterday, 121 to 114. Final score not really indicative of the uh, beatdown that the Warriors gave them. You know, it was uh, Warriors had a 20-point lead going into the fourth. So good for the Pistons, you know, fighting back. But uh, Warriors dominated most of that game. Speaking of which, Draymond Green dominated Blake Griffin, and he had some things to say in his post-game conference that were interesting and even complimentary. Here's what Draymond Green had to say. 
Uh, it was great. You know, we were all on the screen together. Um, you know, dialing for loose balls, uh, getting 50-50 balls. And we needed an effort like that after the letdown yesterday. Draymond, Kevin took 25 shots last night and six tonight. And he acknowledged that he forced some last night and, you know, concentrated on facilitating a bit tonight. How much do you guys change? How does that, how do you function better when he's in that role? I mean, it's unusual for him to take that few shots, obviously. We function better when he's just playing basketball and being aggressive. Uh, you know, I think he was, you know, he was very um, good distributing the basketball, 11 assists, two turnovers. Uh, you can't complain about that. But, you know, when it, when it boils down to it, we're going to need Kevin Durant taking more than six shots. So, you know, um, I mean, nobody's complaining about it. You know, he took six, six shots tonight. It's not the end of the world. But, you know, when it's money time, we're not going to have Kevin Durant take six shots. So, you know, it is what it is. But I thought he played a good game tonight. Draymond, what do you enjoy about going up against Blake and what's your overall approach with that matchup? I mean, I you know, I enjoy playing against great players, uh, you know, and taking on the challenge. Blake is a great player. He's gotten a lot better uh, since the last time I faced him. So, you know, it's always a challenge. And, you know, just try to be physical, uh, very strong. You know, likes to go to bully ball from time to time. Just, you know, stand my ground and try to make him take tough shots. I guess staying on the theme with Blake, it seemed like, you know, he tried to post you up a lot in the beginning of the game. And then it, towards the end, it seemed like they were um, switching you guys off. How, do, how much pride do you take when that happens in an offense where they adjust to your defense? Uh, I mean, I'd rather them keep going to that. Um, you know, I don't really want them to switch off. You know, I keep trying to post me. Uh, I enjoy that, but you know, you just—I take pride in getting stops. You know, it's not necessary. I—I really don't take pride in like somebody trying to take me out the action. I hate that. I like to be in the action and be in the middle of things. So, um, yeah, I just take pride in getting stops. Draymond, what's that like when the guy's calling for the ball, his teammates are clearing out, clearing out the side? He's like, "Yeah, let's post up Draymond." Like, what, what runs through your mind? when they're saying, let's target Draymond in the post? Um, at some point, somebody got to figure it out. Like, just don't target me in a post. Uh, I've been dealing with that my whole career, though. It used to piss me off. Now it's just like, whatever. If y'all going to do that, you'll probably lose. <laughs> so that's how I approach it. You guys have won at least 50 games, six straight years. I think in the first 50 plus years here, there's a total of four seasons like that. What does it mean for you to be a part of something like that with this franchise? Uh, I mean, it's very special um, to be a part of something so you know great and special. Uh, you know, as these last six, seven years has been for us. Um, you know, when I came here, I think you know it was a 23-win season the year before that. And next year, you know, it's my rookie year. We made the playoffs. I think we won 46 or 48 games or something like that. Um, you know, and to have the run that we're currently having, uh, it's, it's a special thing. But you know, in, in saying that, we get the opportunity to do it with a special group of guys, a special organization, a special coaching staff, special ownership group. You know, a special front office group. So. Um, it's more so about the people that you come to work with every day. Uh, that's what makes runs like this possible. That's what makes runs like this sustainable. Um, you know, I think 
when you look at the game of basketball. I love the game of basketball. It's a job. And in saying that, you can love your job all you want. There's going to be some days that you just don't want to do it. But when you come in with a special group of people, um, you know, like we do every day, uh, from, like I said, the ownership group to the players to the PR staff, the community relations staff, everybody's a tight-knit family. And that's what makes runs like this possible. In what ways do you feel these long seasons, and how do you power through them? Uh, I mean, well, you know, first off, this is how we feed our family. Uh, so it's the nature of it. You know, you very long season, but you got to go out and do your job. Um, secondly, you know, we're competitors. We want to be great. You know, every night we step out there, we're chasing greatness. Now, in saying that, you're going to have a night like last night when chasing greatness. We've had several of them, and it happens. But you you try to never lose sight of the end goal, which is doing something that not many people have done in the history of this game. And when you're doing that, you're able to put the grind of the season behind you. You know, you're able to put all the riffraff behind you and just chase that. There's Draymond on the game, uh, going up against Blake Griffin. And what I was talking about being interesting, the, the complimentary stuff is, you know, that he gets up for great players. He likes to play against great players, and Blake Griffin is definitely one of those. And the fact that he's gotten better since uh, his time in L.A., too. You know, Draymond uh, and Blake have a history, especially during Blake's time with the Clippers. Like, it was a great, great rivalry, great matchup, and uh, the Warriors pretty much owned it for a long, for the last, you know, uh, six, seven years or so. Uh, but... It was just interesting to hear him say that to give Blake some praise because, you know, he doesn't really do that, doesn't need to do that either. He also talked about the six straight 50-win seasons uh, for the Dubs, which is absolutely incredible just considering what they were beforehand. I think the stat is the entire history of the Warriors, they've had six, uh, outside of these last six years, they've had six, 50 win seasons and then they've had 50 win seasons each of the last six years. And he talked about just the, the joy of coming to, to work with, uh, with, you know, the front office, the players, just the people he cherishes, uh, within the Warriors organization. And the last one was just talking about, you know, the dud that they had against the Mavs and that, you know, it's going to happen. But they have a much bigger goal, and when you keep your eye on that bigger goal, the those bad losses, not that they don't matter, but you can get them over them quicker because you know that the goal is much bigger than a random uh, game against the Mavs in March, even though I'm sure you know they were embarrassed and upset about the way they played. Obviously, he's not just brushing it aside, but the goal for this team is a championship. And one thing that I, I didn't even think of is Draymond Green has never missed the playoffs in his career. You know, he was part of that draft class that started uh, this run, basically, with Mark Jackson, where they made the playoffs a couple years with Mark Jackson, and then the Steve Curry era started. He's never missed the playoffs in his career. Clay had at least the one year where they missed the playoffs, the the uh, the lockout year. Steph, a number of them. Draymond, not one. He knows nothing but the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was interesting. They didn't mention that, but I just thought of that uh, recently that, you know, he's, uh, he only knows seasons that are longer than 82 games. 
Anyway, it's going to take a quick, quick break. Come back, wrap this thing up for the day. It's Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Uh, Warriors, as I said, are off till Wednesday, which, you know, for them, good. They, they could use the rest, use the time off. Uh, for me, sucks. Want to watch them play basketball. But even though they are off, there is other basketball to be played and other basketball to watch, which means it's time for NBA League Pass picks. Tonight, a solid... Okay, I lied. It's not solid. Only four games tonight, and none of them really jump out at you. Uh, I guess... Look, yeah, I'll try and give you more than one pick. Nets and Blazers will be fun. Uh, Blazers... Again, you guys have heard me say it. I'm just intrigued by them and what they've done this year and how they've kind of rebuilt uh, their bench and just, yeah, the the bench, the front court. They have have some pieces. And then the Nets, man, I I don't know if anyone's done a better job of, you know, the the quote-unquote rebuild than the Nets have in the last decade, honestly. Um, And then you got Suns, Jazz, Thunder, Grizzlies, and Sixers, Magic. So, you know what? I'll let you guys pick one of those last three because I can't. Uh, in good faith recommend any of those Uh, thank you guys so much for listening come back tomorrow have another episode of Locked On Warriors on Locked On Podcast Network you can't climb a mountain if it's smooth right you gotta go over the rough spots (laughs) peace you are Locked On Warriors your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider.
This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.